Welcome to Roleplay Rescue's Solo Tales, a podcast recounting the solo tabletop role-playing adventures played by me, the host of Roleplay Rescue, Che Webster. Big thanks to TJ Drennan for the old Roleplay Rescue theme, which, until I find something better, is going to get used here. This episode follows on from the main Roleplay Rescue Season 12, Episode 2, which was entitled Crag's Ribbon. I began wanting to explore the roots of my own hobby by revisiting my first imaginary game world, and through dreams and many hours of daydreaming as a teenager, I had uncovered a rich fantasy realm that I am long overdue returning to visit. Despite a few attempts to bring other tools to the table, games that I deeply enjoy and seek to explore, the reality is that the first game I stole from my dad, RuneQuest, and the even simpler basic role-playing introductory booklet have become the key to unlocking that specially made game world that exists just for me. And I began, as all good gamers begin, with some characters, a situation and a simple first session. This episode picks up where that one left off. Because this is a personal solo game, I'm going to be using a variety of tools and methods to create a game that I enjoy. In other words, while I am sharing the game in the hope of inspiring others to try solo play, I'm also very much playing the game for my own enjoyment. There are adult themes and some pretty gory moments of combat, so listener discretion is advised. This is not a podcast for sharing with children or when there are other sensitive ears around to overhear. All that said, I hope you'll enjoy the story that emerges and stick around to find out what happens next. This, then, is Roleplay Rescue's Solo Tales, Season 1, Episode 2. But first, why am I doing this again? Hi, Che. It's Barry here from Shadow of the GM. Just to say, finish listening to your Craig's Red episode of What to Say More, please. Uh, absolutely loved it. Good to hear it. Um, also good to hear something that wasn't BX. Uh, not no offense to the podcast, but obviously it's nice to hear something that isn't the same game system being played um, as an actual play. And cool, yeah. Keep up the good work. I hope to do some more soon. Hey, Che. Jason here. Just listened to episode 12.02, Craig's Ruin. Yeah, great episode. Really enjoyed it. I thought you did a great job. I'm glad you are able to get that out. It's definitely a lot harder to record something like that than it seems, as opposed to just talking into the microphone for an episode. You are right. Um, Great job, though, and I will talk to you soon. Hey, Jay, it's Jonathan with Sojourners Awake. I really liked the Crags Ruin episode. Um, I I just love the old school feel, (laughs) just uh, rescuing uh, some old ladies' chickens and cows back in some English countryside sounded pretty idyllic. Um, I think you did a good job with it, and uh, establishing a connection between the characters was pretty cool, too. Um, but anyway, man, hope you continue to do it. it sounded really good, and I'm glad it, I'm glad you enjoyed it. All right, take care. This is Anthony calling in from Casting Shadows, and I just wanted to thank you very much for sharing your solo play of BRP. I also wanted to thank you for taking the extra time to dramatize it. As you can tell, I'm calling in from the car and you know it's a bright sunny day. There's lots of traffic. 
but you have made it a much smoother sailing day and much brighter for your efforts. I'm a huge fan of BRP. I've been playing it for a very, very long time, and it was great to hear a play session of it and how you let us in to like your inner life as a solo player in this instance, but also into the more collaborative space that takes place when we're interacting with other people around the table, because you had to tell us about your thoughts and reactions to the dice. So it was kind of like a play session, but it was also like watching a solo session. And I really enjoyed how the justification process of a success or a failure or a critical came out. He missed because he lost his nerve in the face of the bear's roar. Or it made me wonder what was the reason why they failed their listening check. You know, how was that justified? Anyway, great episode. Last time on Roleplay Rescue's Solo Tales. Three young men from the village of Burford embarked upon a quest to rid the widow Marsham of a troublesome bear who was stealing her chickens and threatening her cows. Having agreed to hunt the beast in return for an old ringmail coat, Aelin leads Beric and Caleb north into the hills towards Crag's Ruin. Circling the base of the hill, they found the narrow and overgrown path that ran through the undergrowth quite easily. It was here that the bear was waiting in ambush, catching the trio by surprise as it lunged out onto Aelin and began to paw and snap at him. The three young warriors are confronted with their initial ineptitude, but it is Caleb who, with a mighty thrust of his spear, impales the beast and kills it. With Aelin wounded, the party uses the healing potion that Widow Marsham gave them to restore him to some semblance of health, and then they decide to hack off the beast's head as proof of their victory. And so it was that, with a heart filled with mixed feelings, Aelin led them back southward to the farmhouse. Caleb carried his prize, the bear's head, and Aelin vowed that he would give his friend the ringmail shirt for saving his life. Although playing with the 1980 basic role-playing booklet has been fun, I was bothered by the lack of skill with weaponry and the fixed starting values. I've been reading Magic World Revised 2012 and I feel it offers a few elements that can work out for me. Thus, I'm brewing up my own blend of BRP fantasy. I'm going to try the core Magic World character creation, although I am pretty ambivalent about renaming Charisma to Appearance. I do actually dislike the default sorcery magic system and so I'm going to instead port in the alternative options for shamanism and divine magic from the magic book. I'm also not keen on the random armor values so I'm going to simply use the core BRP armor values as fixed numbers so I don't have to fiddle with an extra die roll during combat. But you know, everything else I'm going to give a go. As for the world, well, I'm going to dial it to being a meeting between two cultures from Magic World. The player characters come from a stationary tribal culture, while they are surrounded by various bands of other humans and humanoid species. Most magic is shamanic, and Old Widow Marsham seems a pretty likely candidate for the local wise one, 
from the village. I also decided to name the village Burford as it sits along a small river with a ford at the bend. Just to be clear, when we're speaking of farms, we are meaning subsistence vegetables, wheat and barley, alongside chickens, pigs and cows. Pretty much nobody owns a horse. Picking up Magic World's character creation, that means I need to make some adjustments to the characters. Aelin's hit points drop to 13 due to his size. Rolling for age, he's going to be 21, and I make him a carpenter, and he also begins with 5 D100 bronzes. Rolling 53, 98, 65, 44, and 79. That's 339 plus 200 bronzes worth of crafted items. 300 to buy his weapons and armor leaves 39 bronzes. He sells 100 bronzes worth of the crafted items to buy Beric's shield for him. This leaves 39 plus 100 bronzes. Talking of Beric, he's 18 years old. I make him a hunter and he begins with 5 D100 bronzes. It totals up to 157. His hunting bow is 150 bronzes, the small club is free, and the small shield is 100 bronzes. Aelin, as I said, pays for his shield. That leaves him with 7 bronzes left over. And then Caleb, well, he's 18 years old too. He's also a hunter, and he begins with 5 D100 bronzes, totaling 225. His short spear is 50, his battle axe is 50, his small shield is 100, and that leaves him with 25 bronzes. Let's get back to the story. Aelin told the old Wither Marsham about Caleb's heroism on the path below Crag's ruin. She smiled gently and eyed him with a thoughtful glance. Turning to Caleb, she spoke softly. You shall have the leather and rings my husband wore, and the bronze helmet too. Caleb marvelled at the armour and stood to begin strapping it on. Beric nodded with respect towards Aelin, but was otherwise quiet. Aelin, I think that you have shown an honourable respect for your friend when you might easily have claimed the prize for yourself. I sense a great power and wisdom in you, said the widow. Aelin sat quiet and nodded, looking at his feet as he listened. I would offer you some training in the ways of the spirit if you are minded to learn. I would take you as my student and teach you how to speak words of power as a reward for your service to me, she continued. Aelin looked up and saw in her eyes something he had not noticed before, as if there was a small flame kindled in her soul. He nodded and bowed before her. I would be honoured, Mother Shaman. The old woman turned to Beric next. She smiled and spoke softly. Beric, brave huntsman, you have been in debt to Aelin for these long months. His tutelage to me will release you from your debt to him. Accept a flask of this healing potion as a gift. Beric bowed and accepted the gift, and then bowed to Aelin in the traditional manner. As Caleb finished fastening the buckles on his prize, the two young men left the house so that Aelin could talk to his new mistress alone. Aelin's wound healed over the course of the week, and the old widow Marsham sent a message to gather his friends. 
You have done me a great service by killing the bear, but I am troubled that it appears to have made its home in Crag's ruin, she said as they gathered at her house. What do you want us to do? asked Beric nervously. I would send you to the ruin in search of signs to confirm the bear's lair, said the widow. The three men looked at her with nervous glances. It was Aelin who broke the silence. Isn't that dangerous, mistress? Aye, she replied, it is dangerous, but it would also be instructive. Tonight, Aelin, I will show you the path to learning magic from spirit, and you will be better prepared. It was dusk when Aelin arrived at the widow's house. She was standing outside and carrying a small pouch of herbs. She walked out into the grassland north of the farm, out toward the hills, toward one of the largest trees in the village. Aelin knew that it was the glaive tree, but he didn't know why it was given that name. "'Here is where you will meet the spirits that I summoned to you this night,' said old widow Marsham. "'What do you mean?' You will sit here and practice the stilling ritual I taught you, she said. I will ask a healing spirit to visit you, but it will not come to help you. It will come to challenge you. If you can beat it in a spirit challenge, then you shall take its spell and learn how to heal wounds with its power. Aelin swallowed and nodded. Take this bag and make for yourself a small fire. Burn the herbs upon the fire and hold the wooden amulet as your focus. It can contain the spirit's power and will allow you to cast the spell after you have tamed it. With that, the widow turned and walked back to the house. Aelin was alone. We're going to learn how spirit combat works and see if Aelin can defeat a healing spirit so that he can learn the heal spell. The widow has chosen a spirit of 1d3 power and all Aelin needs to do is subdue it before it can weaken his own power. This should be pretty simple but you know then again you know how it can go in role playing games. How powerful will the spirit be? Well I'm going to roll 1d3. That's a 2. So it's a two power spell spirit and the heal two spell. I don't think this is going to be very hard at all, but let's begin. Aelin sat before the small fire beneath the glaive tree alone. He began the ritual breathing he had been taught, breathing in through his nose, counting to four and then breathing out through his mouth, slower. His heart rate slowed. He could smell the herbs, especially the cinnamon, as they rose from the flames, and then he felt it. Opening his eyes, Aelin saw the shimmering outline of something. It was like a small ball of light, but with indistinct edges. It hovered for a moment over the fire in front of him, and then it dove for his heart and entered in. Entering Spirit Combat Aelin and the Spell Spirit enter into spirit combat. This is a contest resolved using the resistance table, power versus power. 
Because the spirit is so weak, this should be short and simple for Aelin. Aelin's power is 14, the spirit's power is 2. Looking on the resistance table, the spirit actually can't succeed and automatically fails. Aelin will automatically succeed, there is no need to roll. Aelin felt the spirit enter him and there was a stabbing pressure against his mind and then he felt the spirit engage and attack his own inner spirit. He had not truly realised what the old widow had already told him about his true self inside, the observer, the silent spirit within, but now the burning sensation and feeling of power was intense. He concentrated and sought to dominate the attacking spirit. It was weak, and he felt himself contain it with his power, wrapping it in a cloak of spiritual energy, and then the knowledge spread through him. The incantation, the correct gesture, the way in which the spirit knew how to direct energy. Aelin saw himself reaching out and placing his hand on the lower leg of a person he wasn't quite sure who and holding the wooden amulet in his other hand he made the chant and whispered the request to the spirit he saw the energy from within himself flow through his hand and into the body he was touching the wound closed and healed the spirit almost seemed satisfied with him he felt it move from his heart down into his hand and enter the amulet as soon as it had begun, the learning was complete. Because this is a role-playing game, I'm going to use the GM emulator deck from Mythic to provide some answers when questions arise that you'd normally ask GM. While we expect the journey to be uneventful, there is a chance that the unexpected will arise. So... I'm just going to do a quick simple check using the deck. I'll draw a card and check the scene setup entry to see if the expected scene occurs. The expectation is, of course, that the three men will, from here, travel safely to the foot of the trail that leads up to Crag's Ruin. The chaos factor is five. The draw expected. The morning dawned bright and sunny as Aelin, Beric and Caleb set out towards Crag's ruin. The old widow gave Beric the promised flask of potion and Caleb was proudly wearing his leather and rings, the bronze helm upon his brow. The journey was perhaps three hours or a little less up into the hills and straight towards the ruin. Circling the base of the hill, they found the narrow and overgrown path that ran through the undergrowth quite simply and easily. As before, they noted how it spiralled around the hillside and steadily rose toward the tower at the summit. This was clearly the remnant of a wider trackway, because they could see broken stones peeking through the grass and leaves. As they reached the top, the grey stone of the tower rose before them, it was made from large stacked stones and shaped in the form of a circle, a round tower with the top tumbled down and its stones lost in the undergrowth off where they had fallen. There was a simple archway open in the side of the wall and it was much darker inside. Beric drew an arrow and stood back near the top of the path, 
eyes keenly scanning the area around the tower and near the archway. Caleb signalled that they should hang back and padded quietly towards the tower's arch. Aelin stood off to the left a little and watched. Is there something watching them from the tower? I'd say that's a 50-50. Let's draw. Yes. Is it skeletons? A one or a two. Beastmen? A three or four. Or a troll? Five or six. Rolling? A one. Given this turn of events, I remove the other options from the random encounters list for the location. I decide to begin with three skeletons, one per character in the party. I stop to roll their stats and equip them. I'll do that off mic. Do the party notice the skeletons lying in ambush? I think the skeletons will be very still and quiet because, well, they're magical beings, but I'll also allow each of the characters a sense test. Beric has a sense of 21%. He rolls 38. Caleb, who is approaching, has sense of 23%. He rolls 28. Aelin has sense 63%. And he rolls 71. Alright then. Caleb reached the archway and peered into the gloomy interior. Before his eyes even adjusted, there was a whooshing sound as a spear was thrust towards him from the dark. So that's it. Thank you for listening to Roleplay Rescue's Solo Tales, Episode 2. I really hope you've enjoyed the episode. I certainly enjoyed making it. I just want to say a big thanks to the Roleplay Rescue patrons who support the show. Uh, through patreon.com slash rpg rescue these loyal listeners have very much early access to all my episodes both here and on the main roleplay rescue show plus they get my rambling weekly gm's journal audio diary as well although that might be a dubious pleasure but that's kind of it for today i hope you'll join me again next time if you've got any comments or questions please feel free to drop me a note the speakpipe is at speakpipe.com slash roleplay rescue and you can leave a short message there in the meantime my name's che webster this is roleplay rescue's solo tales and i'll see you again on the flip side game on (laughs) 